This is Creative Clarksville, a podcast that gives a spotlight to individuals that are shaping the creative landscape of Clarksville, Tennessee. We're your hosts, Michelle Feld and Tiffany Hilliker. This podcast was born out of the desire to connect with other creative minds right here in our own city and to build a thriving community of support for these individuals who often go unnoticed. Every episode, we will dive into someone's creative process, what led them to their chosen craft and passion, what challenges they face, and what their creations are providing for our community. So get ready to learn about the artists, authors, poets, comedians, musicians, healers, teachers, dancers, and so many more individuals that are making our city such an amazing place to live. Today we are interviewing Dr. Amy Wright, college professor, author of poetry, essayist, and editor. In part one of the interview with Amy, we will hear about her creative process as an eco-poet and teacher. In part two, her youth spent in the Appalachian Mountains influenced her voice as an author and love of nature. But first, a poem by Amy. Seven Second Meditation by Amy Wright Outside the window, a red-headed house finch plucks seed down from the grass as if he is running late for the theater, rifling through the bureau drawers, tossing scarves over his shoulder. Shells. Tell me about when you were a child, Amy. You know, back to a little bit about where, how you grew up and where you grew up and the inspirations there. So you said it's like you were you see the stars like you were a child. So where was that? It was on a farm that goes back in my family for at least seven generations. I would be the seventh um, generation. So in American terms, it's very old. It's a Virginia Century farm. It was a, a kind of precious resource because I was surrounded by the Blue Ridge Mountains and the particular way that the valley was. Um, just geographically aligned. There's a creek running through it, and standing in my front yard, it was that was the only thing you could see: the, mm-hmm. the mountains, my grandparents' farm, and then hills all around us. So there's this real sense of seclusion and privacy, and I very much felt like I was sort of in a space where I wasn't seen. And then I rode the bus out to school, and you know, town and the public life where I was seen. So I had a very distinct boundary between private and public um, for a lot of years. Everything in the universe. That's what I would like to know. I would like to know everything in the universe. <laughs> and I think you you wrote a book, uh, poetry, um, of everything in the universe. Can you at least give me one thing in the universe that I don't know? <laughs> <laughs> I well the reason that I titled it that and it started out it's just a collection of poems about insects really but if you start from that base level of what insects do ecologically you can see the connections between everything else and so there's a John Muir line where he said um if you look at anything, you'll find it hit close enough. You'll, that's not the exact quote. But everything is hitched to everything else in the universe. And so the title comes from that. But 
insects are so often overlooked and certainly we don't often appreciate their um, many gifts to the crops and the pollination that they're doing and I think a lot of times we consider them to be pests in our gardens or um, and so if we can develop respect for the kind of smallest humblest creature then maybe we have a chance of respecting the diversity that we see on larger levels among us um, it, with people and human societies and also across nations. Um, I think insects, obviously, there are many of the same insects here as in China or in Japan. And so I think they can be a real connector. So this is why you're, this is how you're bringing awareness is through your poetry. Wanting to protect that land is my core um, driving force, I would say. Um, the culture and the land together, that's at the root of my writing. Towards sustainability, toward um, reaching for beauty, because I recognize that it was a very beautiful place, it is a beautiful place, but all around it, there was a lot of change. You know, as farms were sold, that our family farm stayed a family farm was miraculous because it was at risk after my grandparents passed of being sold and turned into housing developments like many of the farms around there and so just the the importance of of land that is worked and um, harvested and feeds us in this country is, is really important to me and increasingly rare. So you are truly stewards of your, your land. Wanting to be mm -hmm. um, good stewards of the land. Sounds like the crickets. I <laughs> know <laughs> yeah. you're like, where did that come from? Well, everything in the universe is about the bugs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the crickets and the sounds and, and the way that you, you um, relayed that. It was just, you could hear it. Well, I, when... We, um, we didn't have air conditioning when I was a kid, and we didn't need it back then. My parents do now, but we really didn't need it because you could open the, the windows and let the night breeze blow in from, you know, the cooled off enough in the evenings. And you heard the songs of insects, just a chorus outside the window. I mean, I constantly slept with the sound of, you know, katydids and crickets and cicadas and, and just all of that music. So, yeah, I was prepared to love bugs. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of your favorite reactions from people when you tell them that you have a passion for bugs? A lot of people are very scared of them. Um, scared of bugs, they, or they think them gross or dirty. They certainly don't think that you should eat them. Um, you know, all of these things were just shocking and appalling to, to most people, but maybe I liked that a little, you know, I, I mean, I, I probably like a little bit of uh, shock and difference just because mostly my life is pretty calm and ordinary and, you know, it's kind of fun to have somewhere where people are surprised by you. Well, it's certainly not a topic that I think you hear a lot of people talking about. There are certain circles um, where people are really pushing, especially, um, and, and it's growing in the U.S., but especially in Europe and um, 
in fact, in other countries too, there's starting to be a kind of market for edible insects. And that's going to be another one of those things where need is going to push it forward. It's just going to become, there's not enough land to produce enough protein for the population as it rises Mm -hmm. to 9 or 10 billion. And so we have to do something. There's not enough fresh water resources to continue growing things. I mean, if people would eat um, only plant-based diets, then that would also help. But um, there are some people who also need protein or are allergic to dairy or, you know, there are Mm -hmm. various reasons why we need to have options. I would love to know at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, if there is one thing your writing could have accomplished, what would you want that to be? Well, in a perfect world, I actually, I mean, if it could have the action that I would like, it really would raise people's awareness of the importance of protecting the natural world and the beauty of it um, would we are building a road right across here they're the developing and it's going to be um, it's going to increase traffic flow throughout town and ease some made some modern conveniences but a lot of trees are getting felled because of it and they just aren't valued like other things that we value in the culture like the money that we make or the time that it takes us to get home or, you know, a thousand things that we go and buy. And if we could actually appreciate that more and work to protect it, it would be worth whatever work that I've done to try to make that happen. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite piece that you've written so far? It's, it's hard to say. I think the piece that I love the most is called The Appalachian Sublime. And the way that it originally came out, um, I'm dealing with like the sublime as like a literary concept, but also I'm kind of, um, I'm kind of twisting the word into the philosophical um, sublime too. And I, I guess it's just the hardest piece I've ever written. And it's also my goes back to my culture, which I really don't ever write about, um, Appalachia. And so I guess I'm proudest of that. Amy, I am grateful. Thank you. Yeah, I'm grateful for Again, you. we're speaking you with Amy nice. Wright. Yes, thank and you. And if you want to visit her, uh, there's a website called www.awriteawrite.com. You can find some information. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, be sure to like, subscribe, and even leave a review for us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And until next time, keep on creating, Clarksville. Today's podcast music is provided by local Clarksville musician, Daryl Kelly. You can find links to his music on our social media pages.